Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football. Everyone's undoubted favourite uh, K-League podcast in English. Usually filled with a few corrections. Um, and a lot of cliches. And a lot of cliches, yeah. As always, uh, I'm joined by my erstwhile colleague Paul. Uh, he's looking rather dapper and rather fresh from his exploits yesterday. <laughs> as opposed to myself, who's uh, a little bit tender, let's say, yeah. Yeah, you do look a bit rough today. Uh, one or one or two cartons of uh, Angry Man Sake too many, I think. <laughs> but anyway, but we'll try and get through it anyway, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so interesting intro music, Paul. Shall we start with that? Like, uh, you're bringing back your Duran Duran love? Well, Is it because of the passing of George Michael and uh, David Bowie that you're concerned that Duran Duran are next up? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I'm not sure I could name more than one member of Duran Duran. I can name two. I can name Simon Le Bon. And Roger Taylor. Okay. But that's all I can name, yeah. Okay. Um, no, there is, there is a reason behind the, the theme tune. I guess we'll get to it in a bit. Okay, so the theme tune was like Rio. Rio. Okay, so I guess we'll. I guess that might be a play on Korean pronunciation. <laughs> His name was Leo and he dances in the sand. <laughs> okay, sweet. Okay, so I guess like, today we're, we're going to talk about transfers, as always, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the new, potentially new, uh, financial fair play rules coming into the Chinese league. Yeah, Interesting yeah. that they're coming in now after everyone has just signed like record-breaking uh, transfers. Uh, the the Japanese Emperor's Cup is the final has been finalised, so that means the four teams should now be four Japanese teams the coming Japanese to the ACL should be yeah. almost set in stone. Yeah, and then I want to talk about the recent uh, Songnam interviews with uh, their new manager Park Kyung-hun, who has been detailing. His vision for 2017. And then the K-League put out an article this year about, or this week, about uh, new regulations, new rules and regulations for the K-League, so we can talk a little bit about that. Okay. So it's going to be a fun-filled, action-packed podcast as always. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paul, if, if you don't find it fun-filled and action-packed, no one else is going to, yeah? That's true. Okay, sweet. I, th I think you've lost the dressing room here. <laughs> yes, I think I have, I'm not yeah. listening to what you're saying at all. <laughs> okay. So yeah, for anyone who's maybe read the blog, uh, we've started a new series on the blog about football cliches. Uh, so what we're going to do is, once a week, we're going to put up uh, a, a rather overused football pundit cliche. Mark's going to put 120% into writing a blog each week. Was it me? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I thought we were going to share the burden. Okay. Uh, so if, if anyone saw it, like, last week it was, he's lost the dressing room. Which is obviously <coughs> that, that cliche used by pundits whenever they feel that the manager uh, has lost respect or that the team's poor performances are down to the manager and not the fact that they're overpaid, egocentric, self-centred uh, babies. Yep. Um, obviously it's a little bit of a ridiculous uh, cliche because no one actually knows if there's a problem in the dressing room and the idea of losing the dressing room is, is almost like, kind of physically impossible as well. But it is our favourite cliché, or one of our favourite clichés. Have you ever seen any, any circumstance like that in Korea, where, where it could be applied, potentially? Uh, Kim Hak-bum definitely lost the dressing room last season, I, I, I would say. Uh, by the end of the... Uh, on the e way. Even though 30 seconds ago you said we, we can't know for sure. Well, we can't know for sure, but you can probably see that he'd lost the dressing room, yeah. Okay. I, I think in terms of um, like pundits 
uh, knowing what they're talking about. Uh, I guess we are not really up there in that list. Um, but uh, yeah, I think looking at how the performances went, looking at how how last season ended, you could probably say that he lost it. He lost the dressing room. You can maybe even say as well that the Pohang manager was an example as well. But after Pohang performing so poorly, one example of someone who maybe didn't lose the dressing room would be Suwon Blue Wings manager, who managed to turn it around in the in the last five five games or so. I think that's the thing we. Is is as you said, it's a cliche. It's bandied around a lot in in the UK, uh, in terms of various managers. But here, even when t- teams have been on really bad runs, they seem to stick, <coughs> seem to have stick with a good com- camaraderie between the players and the manager. Right? Like yeah. as you said, Su Won. I think uh, even when Che was doing quite badly, the players always supported him. Right? Yeah. Um, Incheon, I guess, would be another one to to talk about, and Ulsan. Yep. So maybe like in Korea. Korean culture, like custom. Maybe people tend to like kind of stick to that level of respect. Yeah, I mean, you could probably look at it and say, does Uli have the dressing room after his comments about if only we had someone like the Uruguayan Syrian? Was it? Oh, that guy that plays for wherever he played somewhere in the UAE, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said that you know, if only we had a striker like him, but we don't. You'd have to say that kind of comment. When the comments made by Key and Son afterwards would be a prime example of someone who had lost the dressing room. Or was trying deliberately trying to lose the dressing oh, room. Yeah, I was trying to, to, to lose both the dressing room and his job, yeah? Okay. So, that's our first cliche. What, what have you got in plan for this week? That's the second cliche. Uh, second cliche this week, I'm looking at either uh, following James Edrup's... Um, Idea of Rose Ed, yeah. uh, or maybe uh, I got a good one from the Phantom last night. Okay. That be my that be me or may not use, yeah. Okay. It reminds me of when I went down to watch a match in Mokpo when Kwangju were playing there temporarily. They only had about five rows, so every every way wide shot went way past Rose Ed and had to get a ball boy to go out and like Parks football. That's that's never good, yeah. Okay, so let's go back uh, to uh, to the intro music, I guess, Paul. Yeah. Uh, so, Duran Duran, Rio. I'm sorry, I apologise for us just singing like Duran Duran there. Uh, <laughs> Should we come back when your balls are dropped? <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, any reason why? Uh, yeah, we we've sort of seen rumours for the last few weeks about Leonardo. Was he going to stay? Was he going to go to the Middle East? There were rumours that he'd flown off to to the Middle East. Pictures are. Which turned out to be fake. Yep. But <coughs> there was some substance behind the, the uh, whole thing, and he's actually signed this week for a, a team in the UAE. I uh, can't remember what it was called. But I'm sure someone, one of our listeners, will write in and let us know. Okay. Um, has he signed? Has he went on loan? Is it, have they got a lot of money for him? Like, they, they, do we know any of those details? I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're known, but they're not known by me. Okay. And uh, any any rumours on who they're lining up to replace him? Uh, yeah, a blast from the past. Uh, it's a player that I know you like, so I think you may be rethinking your your support. Which, which team you're going to support in the K League Classic this year, based on this? Uh, it's uh, Rafael Costa. <laughs> rumour has it <coughs> your man Tiago's coming back. Yeah, that, that's that's a rumour, right? Uh, he's not really exactly settled or hit it off well in, in the Middle East. He's been released, right? 
Uh, he's still with the club, I think. Okay, I, I'd, I read on Twitter that he'd been actually been released. So, but then, you shouldn't believe everything you read on the internet. So it looks as if he's coming back, or could be coming back to John Book. So yeah, I may have to rethink my my Java province uh, allegiances if he comes back. I don't think Ryan will be happy about that if you switch to John Book. <laughs> Probably not, right? But um, I mean, it would be interesting if he did come back because like, he, you know, like, he was obviously like, fantastic at Songnam last year. Mm. He was good at Pohan, but. He's coming in. He would be. He would be coming into a John Book team to replace the, you know, like cult, cult status of Leo. But he's not quite the same kind of player as Leo, right? Mm. And I always got the fig, the uh, the impression he liked to be a big fish in a small pond rather than a a small fish in a big pond. So I'm not quite sure he'd be suited to to John Book. I'm not quite sure how he would how he would fare <coughs> up front alongside the rookie either. And I'm not sure how he would go with. Uh, Che's rotational system. I think very much as you said, he he wants it to, to be like the kind of big fish in the small pond. And if Che like one week is playing him and next week playing the rookie, I'm not really sure how he would kind of how he, how he would be responding to that. Um obviously it would be massive if he came back. I mean, if he repeated the form of his Songnam form, then you'd have to I mean, it's early days, yeah. But you'd have to really say that John Book would clinch the title. So, as a die-hard Thiago fan, can you tell us why it hasn't worked out for him in the Middle East? Obviously, you followed all his matches. I have indeed. Uh, and he's asked me not to say anything. Okay. Because that might jeopardise his move to John Book. Okay. So once he moves, I can let you know then. Okay. <laughs> they, were on, they were on Instagram every day. <laughs> So if Thiago might be coming back, is there, <coughs> is there anyone who might be leaving? Uh, also rumoured that Adriano might be on his way out. Okay. Apparently. Happy, not happy? Well, the, the news I saw is that a, a Chinese second division club has bid about 4 million US yeah, for him. Yeah, pretty huge, right? For any uh, Keeley player. Yes and no. I mean, it's a good chunk of change. It'd be up there among Keeley record amounts. But for a player of Adriano's quality, given that the the, uh, the the premiums that Chinese clubs tend to pay, don't you think it's underpriced? Uh, I mean, okay. So given the like, given the money that that Chinese clubs are paying right now, of course he's underpriced. Didn't they, didn't the Chinese club pay what three and a half million for a John Book centre defender last year? Yeah, uh, yeah. For Kim Kihi. Kim Kihi, three and a half million. Yeah. So should they not be paying more than four million for a striker who's going to bang in twenty twenty odd goals? <coughs> But that would be the striker who started the season, not the striker who ended the season getting dropped in the cup final, both like both legs of the cup final, even when Dehan was like suspended. Um a striker who looked as if he'd kinda of given up, <clears throat> didn't really care much that the second half of the season. So you, are you saying that Huang's lost the Adriano? <laughs> uh I'm saying that I think Adriano I think Adriano lost the Adriano. Um I still think that that's sending off. In Wang's first game against Songnam, yeah. he never looked the same player after that. He just looked like he was hugely pissed off at the K-League for, what was that, a four-match span, a five-match span? I'm sure six, someone, six-match six. span. Um, so that's why I, I, I would say that probably it's a good idea for Seoul to cash in on him. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. But I, I think if, if Shijia Zhuang was the team, 
uh, if they've bid four million, I think there's probably a, a little bit more loose change they can yeah, get, out yeah. of, get out of the team. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see if he himself is willing to step down from ACL, the K League champions, to the, to the Chinese second division. He's played in China before, right? It didn't work out. It didn't right? work out too well. Um, but yeah. So, but there's no way he's going to get in a Guangzhou Evergrande, even an RNF. He's 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 not going to get in the the Chinese Super League. There's, it's just not going to happen. Like they're signing, you know, John Obi Mikel, Oscar, yeah, Oscar, like Hulks, like Tevez, Tevez like these kind of names. So he's not going to get in. <clears throat> he's he, he's not going to go from the K League to that, you know, like the Chinese Super League. He has to go in the second division, score a barrelload of goals and then get signed. But also we, we were talking last week about player salaries and we, did, we didn't know what Adriano's salary was, but based on the, the total salaries of foreign players it wasn't and the great, fact that right? Dan was earning most of that was showed that his salary wasn't that good, right? So he's surely got to be tempted by the opportunity to get a substantial, presumably a substantial increase to move to China. Do, do, do that for six months or a year even if it doesn't work out it's still a huge chunk of change for him yeah. and he'll still be able to come back to the K-League like they ended or like other players so, so the the rumours uh, on, on Twitter uh, by podcast favourite uh, Nicole so that I don't get blamed for getting this, this wrong um, is that he's going to earn six times his salary so that seems to be the story that's going around on Twitter right now um, that seems incredible, but that is apparently what's been rumoured. So why would he not take it then? Exactly. If if someone offered you six times your salary to go work in a crappy hagwon, wouldn't you take it? You mean a crappier hagwon? A crappier hagwon then. Of course I would, yeah. <laughs> I take I take half my salary right now to leave. <laughs> I'm joking, boss. Um, but I, I mean, I think like, but but something else as well that I, that, that I wonder is, you know, like people back in the UK. You know, like players want to play in the Champions League. You know, like European, like like in Europe. You know, it's a big thing to play in the Champions League. Do you think the the ACL holds that same sway? So, like, do you think Adriano would want to stay with Seoul so he can play in the Asian Champions League, or do you think he would just think, well, you know, Chinese second division, no Champions League football, but who cares? I I think for six six times his salary. I don't think he'll care. Okay. If the salary being offered was similar or just a smaller increase, he might look at the quality of what he's going to be doing. But six times, let's assume he's on, say, half a million dollars. Uh-huh. So six times that would be three million dollars. <coughs> For three million dollars, I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he's not going to care about not playing in the Champions League. Okay. And he could see that as an opportunity to go there, play for six months, like uh, Dan did, right? He, he moved over, played for six months, and then switched to another team in China, right? So did he? Uh, yeah. He, he started off at... Jiangsu and then went to Beijing after six months. So okay. Adriano too, he could go to the, the, the this second division Chinese team, set set them alight for the first six months and get himself a transfer somewhere else. Okay, yeah, you could do. Okay, so you think the writing's on the wall? It's bye bye Adriano. You, you you don't think we'll see his flowing blonde locks uh, in the K League next season? Uh, I guess he's presumably in Guam at the moment with the rest for the preseason tra- training, but I I assume. I assume we won't see him playing a Sol shirt again. Okay. And Sol at four million, Sol should probably take that anyway. Okay. Like they should have taken two and a half million euros for Unilock two years ago. 
It's the stupidest decision ever. Not, that, not taking that. That is a bit crazy, right? Uh, and now it looks as if his his stock is obviously falling, right? Okay. Okay, so uh, that's the ins and outs. Any other big news? Like any other big big transfers being confirmed, being denied, being photoshopped in a top on Instagram, and then having to be apologised because the the guy didn't sign. That's uh, another Eland jab, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is another Eland jab. Uh, I think we covered this last week, but they had photo they had photoshopped a, an image of Victor Iquina. Uh, I think his name is. Uh, in the Netherlands shirt, announced he's signing. Yeah. Uh, he then said, "No idea who you're talking about," and didn't move. And then more recently, uh, sorry, <clears throat> before that actually, on the 15th of December, they announced that they were signing uh, another striker, Paulo, or another player, sorry, someone called Paulo De Canio. Paulo De Canio, not quite, but uh, Paulo something. Uh, put it on their Instagram, showed a photograph of him. Souza. Just keep saying Brazilian names, and we'll, and we'll get there eventually. Uh, and then uh, Serginho <laughs> and I don't know his name and now um, I've had to come out and say that uh, it's not happening um, that uh, the, un unfortunately after announcing it on their official Instagram Twitter and Facebook that he actually has rejected their offer so they've had to they've announced two signings and had to apologise for both I wish uh, the Blue Wings would do that, because then I could make a joke about counting chickens before they're hatched. You could, but then again, your joke about Sue 1B was actually pretty funny anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it was yours. Um, it was. Okay, so yeah, so it was very interesting. Uh, you know, this, Elan, this would never have happened in Martin's Day. It would never happen in Martin's Day. And what's interesting as well was, like, I think they're announcing these foreigners to kind of... Because of like Tarabai and Mitchell have both left. Yeah. Uh, Tarabai is, uh, is on his way to the Middle East to sign for... Uh, a club, so he's definitely not coming back. Well, it looks like he's definitely not coming back to Iran next season. He won't be able to po pose in his underpants in the Middle East. Uh, it depends on which part of his country, I guess, right? Uh, most of them. Maybe Lebanon would t tolerate it. Well, they have this Bintos, so they may as well have uh, Tarabai Bintos as well, right? Okay, so yeah. So, so, so that's been a quite an, a, a kind of interesting revelation there. Uh, big news in the challenge is probably that um, Song Nam have signed an FC Seoul left back. Yep, Song Nam have signed an FC Seoul left back, and Kim Dong Jun, the goalkeeper, has said he will definitely 100%. I promise, stay. So I expect to see him in a John Book shirt uh, come come May. Um, well, Seoul have got to spend their four million dollars somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Also, we've signed ex Jeju United striker Danilo Neko. Yep. Uh, and interestingly, the Song Nam Facebook page is now being inundated with requests and likes by Brazilians and South American sounding people. I don't really know where, where, why that's happened, but anyway. <clears throat> um, also on the way out of Song Nam, definitely P2 and uh, Serginho have both left the club. Uh, not sad to really see Serginho go, but really sad to see P2 leave. I definitely think he's one of the best players in the K-League. Um, and oh. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. He's, oh. I think most clubs, like, I can't think of any club in the K-League who couldn't use him, to be perfectly honest. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Seoul or at John Book. So you think you think R2, R2P2 is going to stay in the K-League? <laughs> I do indeed. Uh, that wasn't even rehearsed, guys. And C3 Genio is going away, is he? <laughs> 
Oh, you're such a rogue. Anyway, uh, yes. So hopefully Peter will stay. But yeah, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. But even if P2 signs for Sue One Blue Wings, they will not be getting my support. You know, this year is the the year of the chicken, right? I see. I heard it's the year of the fire rooster. Yeah. So does that mean that that Galby and Bulldog is going to be like the the food of choice? The food of choice. Does it mean that the, the uh, chicken wings are going to win the bouquet league? No. Year of the chicken. Uh, yeah, but I don't think so. What's next year? Year of the year of the the uh, oppressive construction company. Uh, next year. What's after chicken? I don't know. Dog, maybe? Or is dog before chicken? I have no idea. It was rat last year, right? Or shark or something. Or snake or something. Wasn't it monkey? Uh, I, 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 it'd be better I don't really know. Yeah, it was monkey last uh, Yeah, it was monkey last year. Yeah, snake was like 2014 or something, right? Anyway, uh, so the year of... But actually, talking about suit one, they have signed... Um, Matt German? They have signed some... Uh, at, like Sydney FC, or FC Sydney centre-back... Um, and I've noticed, like, this season, Korean teams seem to be linked quite a bit more with the other Asian component. You know, like, because uh, I think John Book have been linked with an Iranian. Songnam have been linked with an Iranian defender. Uh, Suwon Bloomings have signed an Australian defender. Kang Won have signed that Vietnamese guy. Yeah. So, uh, like, I wonder if maybe this is something that we're looking at, is maybe, you know, like, bringing in more of the kind of, you know, like, the fourth foreigner role, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but Suwon, <clears throat> you, I think you've got to say that if they can, if they can uh, they get a decent goalkeeper, that they might actually be a force next year. They've signed uh, Park Ki Dong, who was an absolute revelation at Sanju at the beginning of last season. I would love to see Seoul sell Adriano and buy Jonathan. That's not going to happen, all right. Stranger things have happened. I mean, it is the K-League, right? Rivalries don't really exist, really, right? I mean, players do kind of they just swap shirts left, right and centre, yeah? But I think if Suwon get a... As, as I said, I think if Suwon get a goalkeeper, a decent goalkeeper, they could be a force next year. They actually got rid of a goalie, didn't they? Yep. To... Where did they send him to Pohang? Uh, I'm not sure. Ulsan? Some, somewhere down south, anyway. I remember seeing on Twitter. But it's, it's it's quite interesting to watch how you know obviously we've been doing gang one watch like quite a bit. Uh, nothing now, from them this week, right? Nothing this week, yeah. Except the definite definite confirmation that they're not getting it at their sponsorship. Yeah, which is quite huge, right? But looking at the other top teams like Seoul, Jongbuk, uh, historically Pohang, there's not been a whole lot of moving, like like, like a whole lot of business done. I mean, the Jongbuk are definitely a, a you would say, are definitely a weaker team from, from last season. So, Seoul have announced a flurry of signings this week. Yeah, but no one... But nobody... Huge, that's what I mean. There's one guy they got from Pohang, right? Shin Kwang-hoon. Yeah. Uh, and they signed another guy who they were talking about who I've never heard of and it didn't say where he'd come from. He was some midfielder. Okay. But nothing, no, no, no major signings, right? Yeah, and, and they did sign, uh, <coughs> they signed a guy, a defender from Suwon FC, Kim Kun Hoon. Seoul? Yeah, from, from uh, Suwon FC. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy I was talking about, yeah. Uh, but I don't know much about him, but but interesting that, you know, they don't seem to be, uh, you know, like a whole lot of huge signings from Seoul or from John Book, which 
Why do you think that is? Like, I mean, do you think they've got something up their sleeve and the media just haven't caught on yet? Or do you think they're happy with their squads? Like, um, they, they, Well, Seoul have typically been... Last year they, were, they moved quite early in their signings, right? But this year, you, as you said, it's been quite quiet. Yeah. I think if they do get some money in for Adriano, they'll look to spend some of it for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is... Uh, what's his name? Pak Jiung. He was out of contract at, at the 31st of December, right? Yeah, so he's yeah. a free agent. I've not heard anything about what's happening there. Yeah, I haven't heard anything at all, yeah. Okay. Um, I know they flew out to Guam on Monday or Tuesday to start their pre-season training, so presumably everyone's out there, otherwise there would have been okay. some news that such and such a player has not gone to Guam or... But I guess wait and see. Okay. They're having, they having quite a long pre-season, right? Because they're in Guam for a month and they go to some player tournament in Hong Kong and a tournament in Japan so we'll see we'll see okay um, so what's what's next on the agenda then Paul will they be we're kind of getting to know now the Japanese or who might be <coughs> yeah the Japanese the contingent yeah the Japanese season's finally finished uh, looking at Sokoway, I think there was there's like a five week gap between the cup final and then the the, the opening match yeah. of the season. Uh, cup final last Sunday was um, Kashiwa, Kashima versus Kawasaki. Okay, was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Kashima versus Kawasaki. Um, I think Kashima won it two one in extra time to take the to take the double, didn't they? It was a one all. It finished 2-1. I'm not sure if it was a very, very late goal. I think it was a goal in extra time. I know it was broadcast on an, on Korean cable TV, but unfortunately not on a channel that I had, so I couldn't watch it. But looking at people talking on Facebook, it seemed, yeah. So that means that, uh, obviously, Kashima were already confirmed as in Group E as the Japanese League winners. Uh -huh. uh, I remember... we. <laughs> When the, when the actual draw was made, there were about 10 different teams that could have gone into Seoul's group. But no, it's definitely Urawa, right? Definitely <coughs> Urawa as the uh, league runners-up. Okay. Interestingly, going to, have to be a, going to have to be a lot of away shots used in, the, in, that, in that group. Sorry, that's really boring. <laughs> and um, Kawasaki drop into group uh, EFG, I guess. Okay. As the Japanese J League third place team, and Gamba Osaka going to the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs, yeah. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> obviously we have to wait until the playoffs are done. But looking at it, you'd imagine that Seoul's group is going to be what West Sydney Wanderers, Urawa, and Shanghai SIPG. Yep. Oscar I mean, and Hulk. That you could there could be a huge. I mean, there could be a massive upset, but can't really see it, right? So you're yeah. looking, you're confident with that group? You think that's a group that Seoul can get out of? Well, Sydney are pretty poor this year mm -hmm. in, in the A-League, which has been going on for a few months. Um, I think Shanghai are presumably going to be strong with the, the foreigners they've recruited. Yeah. They were quite strong last year until they came to Chumbuk. Um, and then it's Urawa, because... Again, you got to. It's hard to know which which Japanese team's going to turn up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because two years ago they were very strong. Last year they were all all shite, weren't they? Yeah, they were terrible last year. 
So again, it, it depends which Japanese, which which form of them turns up. Okay. Uh, interestingly enough, as I said, Seoul have got this preseason tournament in Japan uh, in February, middle of February. Uh, they are scheduled to be playing against Urawa. Uh, be interesting to see if that still goes ahead or not. Okay. So maybe not hugely confident, but uh, depending on which on which like Japanese team. Probably not win the group, but finish second, you think? Um, I think they've got a good chance of qualifying. Okay. Uh, I, I hope I see a little bit more passion this year. I thought Seoul were very, very disinterested at times last year. I mean, they, they stormed through the group stages, right? Yeah. Uh, like, with ease, and then... But they failed, to, they failed to step up a gear when they needed to, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in the Champions League and in the FA Cup final. Yeah. They didn't show the level of interest or desire to win that other teams did. Okay. So. Uh, you mentioned there Oscar and Hulk yep. coming to FC Seoul. I guess the, the big news this week from China is that um, the Chinese government or has put in place or is going to put in place some financial fair play rules. Seems a little bit interesting to do it now after, you know, like Oscar Tevez. And there's a few other massive signings as well, right? Axel Witzel, Wurzel. Okay. John Obi Mikel. Okay. All these players. All these names, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what is the like? What is the idea behind the that fair play? I mean, like, how are they going to regulate it? And it's been because it's not a FIFA thing, right? It's the Chinese yeah. government themselves are doing it, so right? All all these Chinese companies. Uh, have been spending shed loads of money because the, the president of China, who's a big football fan, has had made some policy statements <coughs> that he wanted to make China a world football power. Yeah. So they were all chucking loads of money at it to achieve that. And now someone's, someone in the Chinese FA has come out and said, well, the, there's, these ridiculous amounts of money are being spent. We need to put some restrictions in place. Okay. Um, it's kind of a bit late now that they've already spent all... Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, yeah. And it, it does seem to be like, well, we've let the big, big clubs spend a lot of money, so now we're going to stop anyone else sort of trying to gatecrash the party. But probably good for the, good from a Kaylee point of view, don't you think? And we, we, we've kept saying that all this spending by the Chinese Chinese teams means that the Kaylee's going to get weak, non-competitive, so you, presumably you'd be all for some restrictions in China. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like... Something has to be done. I mean, it's a, I think I said last week, you know, I think it's a bit rich, like some of the comments coming from, you know, like uh, English-based media, like slamming players going to, the, to China and stuff like that. But I do also think that something has to be put in place. Because right now, yeah, I mean, China is outspending the region by quite a, a, a considerable amount. So I, I would be happy to see some sort of regulations put in place, yeah. I'm not sure why that they have any right to slam people for doing that either, because if you if you thought about an industry that's not football, yeah, say, say you were a lawyer in London and someone offered you twice your salary to go to China, most lawyers would take that, right? Yeah. Or accountants or businessmen, architects, engineers, anyone. So I don't see why it's such a big deal when it's a footballer either. The thing is, what I don't understand as well is the fact that this is how English football has grown to where it is, yeah. just by doing the exact same thing. So it's almost like we don't like having it done to us, but English football has been doing it for for years. I mean, that's like, 
We we touched on this last week, you know. Uh, you know, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who went from Juventus to Crystal Palace. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, the players, you know, like leaving and signing for clubs like Stoke, who are never going to amount or achieve anything in their life. Do you know what I mean? But anyway. Uh, but then again, English media slammed the MLS when they did the same thing. They slammed David Beckham for, for having a lack of imagination, a lack of ambition. Uh, Robbie Keane went there and there's been a huge su- success as well. But Jermaine Defoe went and came back yeah. and still being successful, being touted as a potential uh, England returnee with his form. Okay. So okay. I guess it's, we'll have to see what happens because it's, it's just, that was just a statement on the Chinese FA, FA website. Yeah. Right? We've got to see if anything concrete comes about. Okay. So talking about statements, you said earlier that the, the KFA have released a statement this week about new, new rules and regulations that are coming in. Yeah. You want to take us through them? Uh, it's basically the same rules and regulations that were introduced in the rest of the world back in last June. So I guess because the K League uh, doesn't run on a parallel schedule to other football leagues, right? So all the stuff that was introduced prior to last year's uh, European Championships, things like not needing to pass the ball forward from a kickoff, mm-hmm. triple jeopardy on a penalty kick, so the whole penalty kick. Um, sending yeah, off card, yeah. Sent, yeah, penalty kick red card three matches ban is is now done been done away with since the summer in, in Europe right so all those rules that were introduced in Europe back in the summer are being introduced in the K-League for the start of this season um, the other big thing is that they're going to trial uh, a video referee from the, the second half of the season so uh, they noted that it had been done in the Club World Cup back in December in Japan mm-hmm. So they're going to do do it on the same same basis in the K League in the Habang. Habang is like the second half of the season. I'm not sure if they mean from July or from from the uh, post split. It wasn't clear from the article. Okay, and so what that means is, is if there's a dispute, they'll come in. So what so what does that actually mean for the K League then? It means that the referee will be able to uh, consult a video replay if there is a controversial penalty decision or something like that. Okay. Uh, interestingly, still no talk of goal line technology. But it's it's always really stunned me that football is so backward in this. That, they, that there's no goal line technology. That there's no, you know, like video evidence. I, I don't really get why it is. I don't get why football doesn't want to help the referees or make things, you know, like less, less open to cheating. Uh, I mean, like tennis has had what was it called the. Uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. They've been Hawkeye for years, right? There's no the technology is there. There's no way. There's no reason why football doesn't have goal line technology. It's just utterly ridiculous. I know they they like to say it's because they want to have football be the same at whatever level of the game, whether it's Premier League or sort of parks football. But I can't don't really agree with that at all. No, no, it's ridiculous. And like so many things happen. There's so many like contentious decisions. Uh, that I don't I don't understand why they wouldn't just go down the easy road, but anyway, anyway, okay. So um, so that's going to come in second half of the season. Yep. Sweet. So we can look forward to uh, less diving from Adriano. <laughs> I assume it won't apply to him because he'll not be here. He will be here, right? Okay. Even so if, even if he starts <laughs> the season, I'm sure he'll be out by the summer. So we can look forward to less diving by whoever uh, FC so have as a main striker. Yep. A team with the most penalties. Anyway, 
Okay, so then the final thing I wanted to do was, was briefly talk about um, the new Sornam Gaffer's vision for next year. Sorry, that's all we've got time for today. Okay, that's no problem at all. <laughs> um, so basically he's outlined a few a few things and he's, he's kind of made a few things that I didn't, understand, I didn't know either. Uh, so he said that he, he, he likes his players to be people, to be humans. Uh, and so he won't interfere and he won't control their lifestyles. Uh, and he said that that's what made Jeju a title contender back in 2010. He, it turns out that Songnam actually have club accommodation next to Tanchon. Yep. And that they require all players to live there. Um, I will assume that doesn't apply to the married ones. Unless they have like couple houses or whatever. But anyway. but So he said that yeah, he doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. Um, he also said that he only wants to, to sign players who want to sign for Songnam. Yeah. Uh, he wants to use the Songnam name to sign players. That's, that seems like a bit of a cliche, football cliche. That's a bit of a cliche, yeah. Um, so uh, he also said that his intention is to have mostly international players, but he, un he understands that he doesn't have that luxury this season, but hopefully he'll get it next season when we're back in the Classic. Uh, and in addition to Paolo Sergio, uh, he signed Daniel Neco. Yeah. Uh, we've also signed a Brazilian physio who used to be with Buchon, but I think we covered that last week. And they're linked with an Iranian defender, and there'll be one more foreigner brought in as well. Uh, so he's going to make full use of his his foreign um, slots. His foreign slots, yeah. Uh, also, interestingly, he said that Kim Do Hyun will remain as the captain. But he doesn't expect him to play uh, every game or all of the games. And he also said that he was really happy that uh, Jang Hak Young, even though he was out of contract, uh, will continue to play for Songnam. Uh, and that's it, really, yeah. Okay. So, very interestingly, that I think the main thing from that uh, is, yeah, the idea that Songnam players have had to stay in, a, in, a, in accommodation. You could say that might build squad squad harmony because they're living to take, you know, living together, sleeping together, eating together. But a part of me also wonders if that's a, a bit of a problem in the K League as well. You can't really imagine the foreigners wanting to like be told where they have to stay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's everything. Anything else that, that you, you want to talk about? Uh, not off the top of my head. Off the top of your head. Okay. So outro music. Relating it back to the article regarding video evidence. Yep. Video killed the diving star. Video killed the diving star. Video killed Adriano, yeah? <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's why Adriano's leaving it to China, because he knows that he can dive in China. Uh, maybe. Plus he can get $4 million. Plus he can get $4 million as well, yeah? Okay, sweet. Okay, so yeah. That's it. Take uh, it away, maestro. Take it away, maestro.